What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Thank you, Thomas, for that. Uh, so those are some of our college students. Some of them you may have recognized, some of our leaders here. And, and we asked them this question because we want to know what, what college students thought love was. And we're in a series now, a new series called Sucker for Love. And I got to be honest, I'm a sucker for love myself. I love love, if that makes any sense. I, I love the idea of love. I love the emotions that love gives me. I love the, the um, I guess, convoluted, complex uh, ideas of love because it is complex. I love how hard it is. I love a challenge because love is so many things. And when you think of love for the first time, there are some things that come to here. So if you, if you hear the word love, just shout it out. When you hear the word love, what comes to your mind real quick? Food? <laughs> I heard Jesus. What else? Family? What else? Friends, sacrifice. I love it. Yeah. So obviously there are so many things that when you think of love, you think of specific things like family. You think of food. You think of sacrifice. You think of friends. You think of your significant other. You think of your crush, right? And some of you might be at an age already where you're starting to look at this guy or girl through a computer, I guess, because you're not in person. And you're like, man, I don't know if that's a real photo or not. I'm getting catfish, but they look good. <laughs> like, and you find out it's just Photoshop, right? It's not even real, uh, which is why it's important to, to date in person. And I'm sure dating has been so hard for you because uh, you're not in person. You can't really talk to people. But, but the whole point of this, this series is, is for us to have an honest conversation. Okay, I want to be real. And for those of you that are, were at one weekend, we had some real conversations about some of these things, about love, about dating a little bit. But I want to dive deeper into what the Bible says love is because it's so you know complex sometimes that we can't understand it and i want to have an honest conversation about romance dating and specifically the church and so over the next four weeks i really want us to, to look into the bible and uh examine how christian dis discipleship through the lens of romance love and dating okay how does discipleship uh, look like in these specific uh, examples romance dating relationship, sex, and, and how the world that we live in has distorted that view a little bit, or a lot really, and has attached this idea of love to something that isn't love. Um, one of, one of uh, my first, uh, if you listen to our podcast uh, called Gen Talk, uh, I remember my very, very first breakup ever, okay? I, it was the most heart-wrenching thing I could have ever gone through. I was in eighth grade, and I was dating this beautiful um, Canadian woman and uh, I remember like I thought she was the one and then she moved to Missouri right she moved to Missouri and I said no don't worry when I go to high school and I get my license I'm gonna drive and I'm gonna take you out on so many dates I'm gonna drive all over Missouri and then like two weeks later she's like hey it's over she said it's not you it's your face and uh, <laughs> and I said yeah, yeah I get it um, but but the, the point is is that you know when I think of that, it reminds me of those moments when I was in middle school or high school and how I thought about love. And we're going to be in Genesis primarily in chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 and 2, and then we'll read verses 26 and 27. I'm not going to take long, I promise. But here's the thing. In order for us to understand what dating and relationships look like, what love looks like, we have to go all the way back to 
where it all started, okay? We have to go all the way back to before the world really began. Because I truly believe that we've been created out of love. We were created for a purpose to love. We were created for the purpose to glorify God by loving people and by ultimately loving him above everything else. And one thing that we need to understand is that love isn't something that just came out of nowhere. It was created. Can anybody guess who created it? God. God creates good things. God creates things that are good for us. He creates things that will glorify himself, creates things that are good. Not bad, good. God creates good things. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You see, one of the most um, craziest things I've ever got to experience was like going to the Philippines. And when you behold God's creation, you look at the mountains, the valleys, there might be some examples here in a minute about what that looks like. You can't help but to wonder where did all of this come from? Like, like how is this possible? Because I'm not smart enough or wise enough to imagine what it would look like to create this complex design of earth, the heaven. This is just earth. And if we could zoom out and look at the galaxy, look at not just the galaxy, but look at the universe in its entirety, how big our God has to be in order to create something that's so good. And I often wonder, man, God, how amazing it is that we serve someone who creates good things. And not only good things, but things that work together, things that provide things for us, water, shelter, Right? We build things out of these materials that we find on earth. So it's important for us to know that love ultimately is created by a God who creates good things. He said, let there be light. And there was light. He said that the light was good. He said, let there be a vault between the waters. And he separated the waters from the land. He created uh, nights. He created the skies. He said, let the, um, the water under the sky be gathered into one place. God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to the various kinds, and it was so, and the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to the kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it. And God said that it was good. But the story doesn't end there. God also created us. Verse 26 says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, the image of God. He created them, male and female. He created them in his likeness. God created us. Um, have y'all ever had like a Barbie? I didn't, <laughs> but, or, or, or an action figure. No, nobody. Okay. I was going to say, man, that's, that's like what happened. <laughs> Why did you not have these things? 
Uh, I, 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 I loved creating things or like mashing up <laughs> specific parts uh, to create like new and, and, and different looking human beings, okay? Um, actually, one of my favorite things that I like to do was uh, I play a lot of 2K. I love 2K, okay? And, and one thing that I loved that, that I couldn't do with like action figures was that in this video game, I could literally create my own player. Like I could create someone that is dominant and strong, is like eight foot tall and can dunk the ball, shoot threes all day long. And I created this player not in my likeness. <laughs> I created him that's like a complete opposite of who I actually was. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because often we fail to recognize that we're created in the likeness of a God. We were created in the likeness of a holy and powerful God, which means, and I've said this before, you bear the image of God. So in the beginning, God's creating all these different things, plants, seas, the birds, but then he decides to create one part in his likeness, just one, and that was us. Not only did he create us, he created the plants and vegetation for us. He created love for us. If you bear the image of Jesus, then you have value. And I've said this before. If you are created in his likeness, you have value because the person who, gives, who creates it gives it value. When I created my my player in 2K, I gave it strength. I gave it abilities to jump high. I gave it abilities to dunk. I gave it abilities to shoot. God gave us the ability to love. He gave us the ability to love each other, to love him. He, in Psalms 139, he says, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I know that full well. As you begin this journey on dating and figuring out who it is that you want to marry, because that's a good thing, it's important that this person recognizes that you bear the image of God. That's why we, we, we are so passionate here at Calvary as a church for creation for babies, for the sanctity of the human life, because that human life has purpose. That human life was created in the image of God. That human life was knitted in the, in the womb of a mother. And that's why we protect that life. That's why we fight for that life, because God creates good things. He created you. He created you. Those of you that are sitting right here, he created you. Not only did he create you, he created you with worth and value and in his likeness. And you ought to recognize that before you ever go and pursue someone. Look in the mirror and say, man, God, is this how you look like? No, I'm just kidding. That's probably not how he looks like. But the point is he created you in his likeness and say, man, I'm, I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. I wasn't in an accident. I'm so grateful 
for my father and mother. But God also creates laws, okay? Now, laws aren't fun, right, for some people, or, or there's a tendency to believe that laws are boring, the rules are boring, rules are not cool, why do we have to do this? Why do I have to wear whatever, right? Why do I, like, this whole mask thing, right? We, we, we just found out yesterday, right? And I'm trying to be relevant that the mask mandate is going to be removed, right? And, and we won't no longer be required to wear it. But businesses have every right to say, you know what? No, wear a mask. And there are going to be people, why? Why? Why do we have to do that? Right? And whatever side you land on, I'm not... I'm not saying uh, you're completely right or completely wrong. All I'm saying is that masks were there for a reason, right? Rules were there in place for a reason because it was believed or, or also seen that it could help benefit people, protect people from certain things, right? Marriage is one of those laws that got put in, the old, in, in, in his word to protect our own bodies, our own selves, our own minds, our own hearts from any damaging thing. Marriage is not a bad thing. It's a great thing. Laws are meant to protect you. They're meant to enjoy the blessings of God to its fullest extent as well. And we, went, we may never fully understand it. We may never fully comprehend why uh, God created it this way. But I can tell you this, that it was because it's good. And because he knows what's best for us. And lastly, God created sex. Yeah. God created sex, right? The thing that makes babies. When, when, when two people are in love and they get married, they do things called sex and then babies are born. That's how, that's how it happens. That's what happens. Uh, verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Here's one thing you need to know. Sex does not equal love. Sex does not equal love. Okay? But we live in a world where sometimes sex is equated to so many different things. You could be watching TV and a commercial for Netflix comes on and it's like a girl, like, oh, actually, no, I remember back in the day, uh, they had like this Hardee's commercial and a girl will come out in like a bikini. I'm like, wait, I thought this was a burger commercial. Like, Why is she like naked on the screen with a burger? And that's what they use to make you want to buy a burger, right? Or, or maybe, hey, um, we're selling whatever, I don't know, hair product, and then a girl, woo. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I thought it was a shampoo commercial. Like, why is there a naked girl on the screen, right? And the reason why is because they know that sex is such a powerful tool to trigger our minds into thinking or believing the lie that sex is able to be purchased, that sex is something that you can buy, right? They've disconnected um, the meaning or the specific purpose behind sex. And I'm going to end with this story really quick. Um, and, and I shared this with the BSM a, a few weeks ago. And it's a story about a prophet named Hosea. Okay. Now Hosea um, 
was called to be a prophet, and a prophet is someone who speaks divinely for, for God, who, who is able to talk to him, and then he shares what, what God tells him to his people. And we find Hosea chilling, and, and, and he's, he's praying to God, and Hosea asks God, okay, what's my mission? What, what do I need to do? And then God says, okay, go and marry a prostitute. Hosea's like, hmm, excuse me? Yeah, no, go and marry a prostitute. And Hosea's like, uh, okay, right? So he marries this girl named Gomer, right? And Gomer's a prostitute, and they get married. And things are going well for a while. They have a, a son, and they have a daughter, and then they have another son. And then one day, uh, Hosea wakes up, wanting to get his, uh, his morning coffee in. And the house is like strangely quiet. You know, the kids are still asleep, right? But, he, but Hosea's not in bed. He's like looking around like, Hosea, babe, baby, hey, I want my coffee. She's not there. Checks the garage, she's not in there. Checks outside the back, she's, not, she's gone. She's gone. Gomer has left Hosea. And so Hosea goes and looks for her. And we find her um, being sold again, being a prostitute. Now remember, Hosea is a prophet, so he's highly respected. Embarrassment is apparent. Embarrassment's going to be had, right? People are going to wonder, Hosea, the prophet, his wife, the prostitute, is out being a prostitute again? Imagine the conversation that Hosea must have had with people. He goes to that part of town, right? Where it's a little ugly, a little dirty, and he's like, hey, uh, have you seen my wife, man? Oh, dude, oh, man. Nah, I haven't, bro. I'm sorry. No, no, it's cool, it's cool. Maybe he had to ask a couple people if he's been with her, if you know what I mean. Hey, uh, I know this is weird, bro. I'm looking for my wife, Gomer. Uh, you know, have you, have you paid for her services lately? Oh, dude, I didn't know, man. I thought y'all were like broken up or something. Yeah, I just, she's a, sorry, a couple streets down, man. No, yeah, it's okay, yeah. And, he, and then he finds her and she's being sold. And he goes, oh, uh, hey, that's my wife, man. That's my wife. Yeah, I don't care who she is, man. She's mine and she's for sale. Oh, okay, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. But, but Hosea, Gomer's already your wife. Why are you paying for your wife if she's already your wife? That doesn't make sense to me. And guess what? Newsflash. We were created by God and we were created for God. You are already gods today. You are already gods. But Hosea said, I will pay the price for my wife. And the biggest act of love that we see today is, this, is the biggest price that Jesus had to pay with his life out of love for something that's already belonging to him, which is us. If he created us, we belong to him. Yet he paid the price for us. Love and sex and marriage, it's, it's, it can be complicated. I get it. 
especially when we're young, it doesn't fully make sense. Maybe we grew up in a broken home where, where our parents are divorced. Maybe, I've only, maybe you only grew up with, a, with one parent. You never even met the other parent. Maybe you grew up with no parents. Maybe you grew up in a home that's abusive. Maybe you grew up in a home that, that, that there's no trust. So you don't understand the fullness and goodness of love that is found in Jesus because of, or in marriage because of what you grew up in. But I'm here to tell you that that's not the case. That God created marriage beautifully and wonderfully for his glory. And that every single one of you, as you get older and you pursue what love looks like, that you'd be able to understand and see that goodness that is found in Jesus. Because no one can love you better than he can. And I guarantee you, if you find someone that loves Jesus more than you, you are going to be loved well. If you find someone that loves Jesus more than you, you will be loved much better than you would be loved by someone who has no idea who Jesus is. Let me pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time. I thank you that as we just embark on this journey, what love really looks like, and it can be all confusing, that you can give us some examples of what that looks like. And Jesus, we know that um, you know some of us in here may be already in relationships and they may not be honoring you, Father. And if that's the case, that, that we could have an honest conversation about it, that they would be bold and just ask questions and see group time, that they would be bold and just say, hey, uh, what about this? What about that? That they would be able to be honest and, and with themselves, really. And that w- they would be willing to have a conversation. Uh, Father, lead us to you in every way. It's your name we pray. Amen.